Hey, good morning and welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I'm Ken Walls and I'm your host. And I have a really cool dude on today, guy named Trevor Steinhauser. I don't know his whole story. I'm excited to hear his story. And hey, if you're on here right now, let's go ahead and share this puppy out. So Trevor Steinhauser, welcome to the show, man. Thanks, Ken. How you doing, man? You're down there in Kentucky. Yeah, it is uh, 40 degrees and about 27 mile an hour wind. So oh, it's wow. uh, a little brisk. Yeah, wow. Wow. So, so Trevor, I started this, um, this show a couple years ago to um, help people have a breakthrough in life to get stuck. And, and, you know, we all go through it and, um, I, you know, I think that we can grow and learn by hearing other people's stories, how they've overcome hard times. So let's start with where you were born and raised. Born and raised in a little town, about 16,000 people, Fort Thomas, Kentucky, which is directly across the river from Cincinnati, Ohio. So it's about three miles away from downtown. Okay. So you, were you is that where you were, um, like, is that where you went to school and high school and all that? Yeah. Yep. Still live, still live here as wow. we speak. Now, did you, did you, um, end up going, going to college? Yeah. I went to, uh, uh, university of Kentucky down in Lexington. Okay. Uh, yep. From, uh, 96 to 2001. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I've spent the majority of my life in the state of Kentucky. So, wow. Okay. What was it like for you growing up as a kid? Like, it was great. I mean, came from, um, privilege. My, uh, family was successful, uh, a family business, fourth generation family business. So we, um, we had a good life, uh, growing up and never wanted for anything. And, uh, happy Brady bunch. That's how I describe it. Um, two parents. I have two older siblings and, uh, yeah, it was, it was uh, Brady bunch city. <laughs> Brady bunch city. Okay. How, how many kids are, how many there's you and. So I have an old, older brother who has since passed on. Uh, so he, uh, he, he's seven years older sister that's five years older and then myself. Okay. Okay. So, um, what, I mean, what, did, did you see so you didn't get in any trouble or anything growing up? My life, my whole entire life has been troubled. So, um, yeah, <laughs> the majority of my story, and you want to talk about struggle, I mean, my entire existence has been, uh, you know, trying to break through stuff and, and the, and, it all started for me very young. When I was 18 months old, I fell down a flight of wooden stairs and fractured my skull. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so right around five or six, I started uh, noticing that I was, uh, I had, I was off, you know, mentally. ADD is a very uh, impulsive, compulsive uh, individual behaviors. Um, happy kid, but very could not 
my dad said I was a fart in a frying panic. I just could not stand still. Uh, and, and that's really transcended, you know, my, the rest of my, my life. So, uh, a lot of mental health issues, which turned into addiction issues, which, you know, plagued me academically and, and all leading up through, through my life has been, uh, it's been a rough go of it. So you, so you, um, and you, you went to college and you graduated and, and all of that. Wow. Yeah. And it was, uh, you know, it was uh, a lot of stuff that happens when you're in uh, adolescence. I mean, a lot of self-esteem problems and that led to, you know, drinking alcohol and, and start with marijuana and then turn into a lot of other things. Yeah, I the academics I got through, but it was not. It was it was difficult. I was an underachiever, uh, which was part of the reason you know that I, I struggled. I kind of threw my hands up at, at a certain point, which was late in high school, and just said, you know what, the academic thing is not my forte. Uh, so I think I'll just just kind of put the deal and, and let it, let it rip. So that, that's kind of how, how things went. And again, after, a, after a while, I, I realized that we had been groomed to take over this family business. My dad was the third generation. My siblings and I were the fourth and it was basically an unwritten uh, expectation that we're going to come work here. So it, it worked out for me, I guess it was shaping up that way to, um, to work there because I had no other skills. Gotcha. I was a, I was a, a, a party animal. I was not good in school. So I was fortunate that I had this opportunity, but at the, at the other edge of the sword, um, it gave me no motivation to, to work hard or try and apply myself, set any goals. My goal was to be on Saturday night live. <laughs> really? Oh yeah. Ever since first time I saw Chris Farley when I was little, uh, because that was my personality. I was an actor yeah. and uh, I've been acting my entire life, even though it's not in official stuff, just, just that, that's how I get through. Yeah. Um, and uh, so when my dad told me that that wasn't gonna, that would never happen. Uh, we, we all came and uh, worked at our family business. So I got a week off after college and then came and, uh, started working on our, at our place. And what was your, so what was your, in college, what was your um, major? Communication. Okay. And yeah. what, what's the family business? It's a uh, printing and packaging company. So we print uh, labels and packaging for consumer products, lotion, okay. shampoos, things like that. Okay. And, and so right out of college, you started working in the family business and um communication like in and is that like like sales or electronics or what what no 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 it was more like sales led to a type of thing but there was just a general communication and information studies major that you could do and that's what i chose so uh, but my dad wanted me to be in sales that was the deal you know stack of business cards you know yeah. the day on my desk in my cubicle the day i started and you know what pound the pavement type of 
old school stuff, which petrified yeah. me. Pet absolutely petrified yeah, sure. me. How, how did it go? <laughs> well, you know, I have the personality to be good in sales and that's what my dad always thought. And plus our name was on the building. So he wanted one of us out there pounding the street and, uh, but I didn't do it. I, uh, I would sit there and, um, do find myself doing other things. And, uh, you know, when his, I would hear his ankles crack as they walked around the corner, uh, to the cubicle area and you know i'd pick up the phone and oh i'll get those samples right out to you and uh, this is going to be great you know i'd see him and i'd give him the old thumbs up and um but it, it just wasn't it wasn't for me it, it absolutely paralyzed me with fear to to cold call somebody so uh, I, wow. I would try and find ways i would try and find ways to uh make the leads a little warmer or uh or do other things which was mainly uh you know go over to my dad's office and try to get him to go play golf. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, and I wasn't happy, you know, I, I was not born to be in uh, a packaging salesman. That's the way I felt. I did not want to do it. It was a, a lot of obligation for me. I, I saw our ancestors up on the wall, my great grandparents, my grandparents, my parents, the pictures in the conference room, and, and I wanted to like it. I, I, uh, I knew the business. I, I ended up, you know, I learned it front and back. It was just not for me. Right. And so, uh, so I graduated 2001, 2000, uh, but the beauty was my dad was my best friend. Got to work with him every day. Got to work with my sister, got to work with my brother. Uh, family business is tough, but you know, a lot of it is good, but uh, yeah. 2005, our 100th year in business, Jeez, I'm getting married. <clears throat> We're changing technologies, com complete shift in technologies, stress levels through the roof. My for, dad gets for stress level for who? For you or for everybody? Everybody. Okay. Everybody. And then my dad, our dad gets diagnosed with terminal brain cancer. Oh, geez. So he is, you know, he's there one day, literally. And then the next he's in surgery and no longer able to perform his duties. And so we have an outside board of directors, which, which was critical in helping us transition. And my sister had already been uh, named president by that point. Okay. So we were day to day. Okay. But I mean, this was a ton of bricks that just landed on us. Yeah. Uh, and for a, 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 you know, I call myself a kid. I was 26, 27, just got married. Uh, party animal, no clue what I want to do with my life. Dan's my best friend. This, I mean, this was a catastrophic event for me and it threw everything off. I crumbled wow. and, um, I gave up, uh, I gave up straight away. I mean, so my, my, the marriage didn't start off great because I wasn't there, uh, emotionally, uh, work, you know, work became, you know, so it was obviously it was very difficult, but you have yeah. to go right into crisis mode, which is, Hey, you know, the, the board said you know, mourn on your own time, you've got a business to run. And, and so that's what we did. And, um, and so I found myself getting deeper and deeper into a situation where I can't get out of it now because now I am really committed to this, you know, now, so my now, sister, now you're living for the legacy. It sounds right. like you were living for somebody else's legacy for most of your life up to that point. The entire time. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and, um, don't get me wrong. I wanted to like it, you know, and I, (laughs) and I, there were were times that I enjoyed it. I I knew the business technically. Um, but my skill set is culture and, and helping people and making people smile and, and, and tactically helping them. That's what I found myself doing every day was walking around and, and tactically helping people solve problems. And that's hard to take into a boardroom. It, it's hard. It's hard to, you know, you don't throw that on a, a spreadsheet. And, you know, the, the days of the uh, chief people officer, you know, were not around then. Yeah, uh, but that's what I found myself doing. That's where my skills shined. And uh, but that that was that was a hard sell when my when my my stack of work duties were were piling up. Um, but re- regardless, my sister and I bought the company in two thousand seven, so we're now in it uh, to win it. And uh, from there, my personal struggles only became worse well, and it's funny because they, they sh- it should have been worse because we, we had a child in 2007 our first daughter but i'm in a depression I, i'm still in a massive depression from when my father passed away Could, yeah. can't can't get over it and uh wow. so that that uh had another child in 2009 same thing kind of a perpetual muck that, that i'm in and uh you know it was a snap out of it kind of thing i'm getting from my sister and from my wife and from my friends but i you know i've, I've had mental health struggles my entire life and it, it was not I, I didn't want to be there but that's where i found myself and this this is um this is all when you say you were struggling what i mean was it just struggling with mentally and emotionally being there in the business working on the business or was it uh, uh, the addiction stuff you were talking about mental health stuff and uh i was i was partying hard but i didn't a problem you know i I knew that i liked to turn it up and i knew that i was uh soaking up my sorrows and in you know ways that probably weren't the most productive but uh, that was brewing and had been brewing since i was probably 17. probably been brewing since i was born be completely honest with you because i have been a wow no matter even when i was little no matter what it was if it felt good to me i wanted to do it non-stop i never wanted it to end and more right so under the surface it was per you know the, the things were to come that were percolating and uh, so I have a little gap uh trying to have a third child, end up having a son. So we have two daughters and then a son, named him after my dad. My wife thought it was a girl the whole time. So it was a, it was a truly a miracle when he came out. Wow. And then uh, it was great, but I, I, you know, I'm, I still got this, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a head case. And, and so things were, were still bad because I'm going to work every day in an unfulfilling situation and I don't know what to, to do about it. You know, that this is like all I know at this point. And, 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 and you owned at the time you, uh, and you still do own it, right? Like you still own no, that company? Oh, no. I, I, my sister, we're, we're in a buyout as we speak. I'm, gotcha. I exited that. So, uh, 
So gotcha. in, in 2014, I'm out with a friend having dinner and I inquire if he can get any cocaine. Uh, I, I had done that, you know, in college but never really an issue but I was at that point I was searching for anything to soothe my pain meanwhile I've got a six-year-old a four-year-old and a four-month-old wow and I'm out and I'm out doing this kind of stuff you know but my yeah. my mind was not in the right spot yeah. anyway it was a it turned out to be a, a terrible decision because he ended up getting the drugs and I found that there was an unlimited supply of cocaine wow. and for me that was that was the kiss of death and so that sparked a 18 month addiction that got out of control very fast and took me to places that i hope nobody ever has to go and that so was it just cocaine or were there other was it alcohol too or? Uh, the, the more i talk about this and the more that i think about it alcohol was the problem Okay. I never would have gone searching for that if I right. had not been impaired. So alcohol, I'm a 100% an alcoholic and have been for a long time. Gotcha. I, I, I think back on things, but yes. Yeah. But so it became bourbon and cocaine. That, that became the, the tandem there that, that took me down to the ground. Wow. Sounds like a, a George Thorogood song in the making. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and, and in the in the beginning, you know, I've got you know not not only am I a husband and a, a father, but I own a business with, with thirty five families that are you know my sister and I are responsible for. And wow, you know, and, and I'm uh, and we run a good company, very honest, you know. Uh, but I, I found myself in these meetings, company meetings, telling people to do the right thing, and I'm coming back into my office and do it for the rest of the day. And this became a daily, wow. daily thing and just crumbling inside, not making it just the worst decisions that I could, yeah. that, that, you know, that, that you can make. But, but at that point I was in a, I was in a full blown addiction and didn't know right from wrong. You know, people can argue that, but I was, I started to go crazy. I was in a, I was in a bad, bad, bad spot and I did it all on my own. You know, yeah. I was I isolated. I didn't have any, you know, I wasn't doing it with friends. So I was trying to fight through this myself. And uh, so that was February, 2014, 2000, June of 2015, my hiding and antics start to start to show. Yeah. Wow. And a sister and a couple of friends tried to intervene with me and uh, started seeing a therapist and trying to figure out how they're going to do this intervention with me. At that point, uh, I was ready for help, but I wow. still um, bobbed and weaved them for you know about two months. And um, but the um, they finally pinned me down and said, uh, "We're going to go see this therapist we've been talking to, and we're going to get you help." Because I, there, there had been a, a couple of public episodes with me in front of a lot of people acting like a complete yeah. savage. And it, it was... It, it now, was I, sorry, go ahead. I, I, I want to ask you a question. So, it, I mean, it, this is a 
fourth generation company your great grandfather started the company and it's in it's in the printing industry is that right correct okay um it sounds like it it could be it sounds like it's a multi-million dollar company i mean you you got a board of directors and all i mean it sounds like a huge company it's not huge but it's it's successful and you know it was yeah. very well known and um yeah, and I was putting all that at risk. Wow. Daily, on a, on a daily basis, yeah. Wow. So um, by 2000, June of 2015, you said you were ready for help, but they, so they, <laughs> and, and, you know, most people who watch the show know that I'm, I'm 17 and a half years of, of sobriety. So it's a gift for sure. But I understand what being in denial is about too. Um, so when, when, in, when June of 2015 rolled around um, and they were, all I, I know, I know, trust me, man, I know the story. And so like, they're all happy to take you to see how did you feel about going and, and getting help as everybody likes to say? I, I wanted it. I was done. I mean, I was, I was, I was, and I'm just, this is full disclosure here, man. It, 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 I was in psychosis. I mean, I was bear crawling around my house. I thought there was, you know, helicopters wow. outside, you know, I mean, I was, I was doing just, Scarface amounts of cocaine, uh, and uh, and I was up 22 hours a day, and uh, yeah, so it, it was bad. But but when they confronted me, I wanted help at that point. Okay, so okay. we get so we get to this therapist, and there's three of them: the therapist and myself, and and my family had never been through this, even though there's alcoholism in my family. I'm the first diagnosed alcoholic right uh, we didn't know about rehab or anything like that so i said let me let me see this guy twice a week see if we can put a tourniquet on this thing my sit my sister's my business partner she's my best friend she is now involved in this thing i, I did that my friends dropped that on me on the way to the therapist meeting so i mean this is now legit <laughs> this is i mean we're we're in trouble here but we decided not to tell our board we're going to do this ourselves. And so I went and saw this, this guy twice a week and I was sober. I was sober. I was happy. I was seeing this, you know, but, and I found him asking me the same questions after about a month, every week, right? every session as if we never even met. And, and so, you know, then my alcoholic oh. mind, man, I could, you know, I could spin a web around this dude in a heartbeat. So that's what I did. I relapsed. I started coming to the, you know, I started coming to sessions high. I'd get high in the parking lot, come in there. I'd say, man, I feel amazing. You know, recovery is, you know, really doing it uh, for me. And, and, and when teeth. you say get, getting high, are, are you talking cocaine again? Yeah. Yes. And this is when, when, how you're only a couple months. So it's June, July, August, maybe. of, yeah, of August, uh, yeah. So it's, uh, I was sober from the first week of August until the, late September. Okay. And then I, then it fell off. So, uh, and yeah, then this, so this older, this, this older counselor dude is the reason. <laughs> and that was just, uh, I don't know if the, the entire time when I made the decision, should I go see this guy versus go to rehab? If 
I knew in my heart of hearts that I was yeah. going to do this, I don't know. But that was that right. was the crack in the armor what, that I took advantage of to go back out. Sure. And so that's what I did. Wow. And I went, I went back out for about, I don't know, 15 days maybe. And, wow. uh, and I was going, I went back out after six weeks and I was doing as much as I was doing before and with the old story is I got sick quick. And one night I'm sitting in my bathroom and I'm looking in the mirror and my eyes are just as jaundice as you could get. My, my face is gray. My body's gray. My body's gurgling. Organs are starting to shut down. I'm sick. And uh, I'm just begging, you know, my dad up in heaven and God, something somebody somehow helped me because the fact that this could ever be turned around was dwindling in my mind, uh, how it could be a positive ending. Yeah. And the next day I'm sitting in my office and, uh, notorious around the entire network for not answering my phone, uh, even for my mother. Yeah. So, uh, a, a number, a no number of 10 never answered and I did and it was an agent with the DEA oh jeez. So, yeah no doubt she's uh, scariest moment of my life so wow I had been, I had been seeing this the guy so selling wait, a DEA agent is calling you on the phone called me on my cell phone yeah wow and so after after I picked myself up, you know, I, I think I tried to play dumb and asked him why he was calling me. And he said, we, you know, Mr. Steinhauser, we don't just go through the phone book and call people. We need to talk to you. So I had been seeing this person. I had been seeing this person who was selling me these drugs, you know, twice a week, three times a week. And I had a big SUV. And I think they thought I was trying to help or, or who knows what they thought. Regardless, there was video surveillance and I was on video surveillance. Oh man. Yeah. So, uh, I tell this guy, I said, Hey man, I got to go on a five day business trip to Denver. Like, wh what are we talking about here? He said, well, what, we need to see the second that you get back. So I go to Denver, Colorado Springs and I, uh, I shouldn't even have gone. I was a, a total nightmare, but I had my last drink out there, uh, October 9th of 2015 and came back and, uh, I called the guy up. I said, yeah, I, I don't know why I told him Tuesday that I was getting back Tuesday. Well, I was getting back Sunday, but I guess I wanted Monday to, you know, develop my plan of what I was going to do. Yeah. They, anyway, they, pro they probably don't have the ability to check flight records and stuff. No, no, <laughs> not I was not going to come back. It was just, that, that was my, my mind of what I, know. <laughs> I gave him an extra day. So I called this guy. I said, can I come down there now? I said, I got home early. Can I come down there now? And so I go down to this, this, the federal building, downtown Cincinnati. Oh my God. And, uh, I'm sitting in the parking lot and I said, okay, I, I can, I have three choices. I can go, I can back up out of here right now. I can leave, act like nothing's going on and just see how long that, that lasts. Wow. I can go in there and I can lie and, and play stupid and, and, and make things worse, or I can go in there and just be brutally honest. And that's what I chose to do. So I go in there and I walk into this conference room and this conference room table had to have, I don't know, 30 chairs. It was huge. Most intimidating thing I've ever already walking into the most intimidating situation I've ever been in. Good and Lord. I, 
I sit on one uh, edge of the table and these beds start filing in this room. One, two, three, and a six federal agents sit across the table from me. I'd have been, I'd have been like, uh, hey, you know what? I think I made a mistake. I, 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 I'll, I'll be back. <laughs> oh. You know, and, and the, you know, everybody asked me, like, so you brought your attorney with you? I said, no, I didn't bring an attorney. It didn't even cross my mind. <laughs> oh, I was so scared. I didn't even, didn't even, I didn't even cross my mind to bring an attorney. They told oh, me to come down and talk to him. I'm coming down and talk to him. So it was. Oh, my God, dude. What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> Hey, I'm just telling you how it is. Oh my God. And this guy, this lead guy stands up, reads me my rights, and they start just pepper beating me down with these questions. And so, you know, after about 10 minutes, I start bawling, crying my eyes out. You know, and I just telling these guys, I'm a husband, I'm a father, I'm a business owner, and I just have a raging drug problem. I'm not involved in this. I just am sick as a they 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 were trying to get you for what selling or or they just they just i i was i was one of the main guys on the the tube i guess and, <laughs> and they were and they were gathering information but the scary thing is ken I, I was sitting in there and while they were doing this at the end of the day i think they were just scaring me i, I think they found it very quickly that i was not bright enough or savvy enough <laughs> <laughs> that, that I was just, you know, I was in it for the, the goods, but uh, they were naming times uh, and naming clo the clothes that I was wearing at these certain events that they could have arrested me. They said, we could have arrested you the night you were wearing that pretty red golf outfit. And they were, you know, so they were naming these times. So where, wearing what? That what? There was one, there was one time where I had this, I wore a golf, you know, I wore a golf outfit. Right, oh, okay. like you know, and they they called my pretty red little golf outfit, and they said we oh could arrested you that night. So, how long that was going on, I have no clue, but it was long enough oh, for them to be interested. And so, I left that meeting, and I knew that it was done, and the party was over. Uh, so I called my sister and those two friends, told them I'd been lying, called that therapist, said I've been you know lying to you for the last six weeks or whatever it was, and. My wife had no idea what was going on because I was a nocturnal. I was living in the basement, you know, sleeping in the basement, and she wow. knew something was exactly what it was. And, you know, developed a you know, raging cocaine issue for the last year and a half, and so <clears throat> I got suspended wow. from our from work. You know, my officer duties were put on hold. I'm, I'm suspended. How did you get suspended from a company that you own? Because we have an outs we have an outside board of directors. Uh, they, oh, they, so they have a fiduciary responsibility to the company and the company alone, and what's in the best interest. So uh, they still paid me, but I was, you know, from that day, from that day, I never stepped foot back in the building uh, wow. as a, as an employee. So uh, and then so I've got this business thing hanging over my head. I've got this legal thing. Who knows what's going to happen with the feds? I have no idea. So those were the things that had to come crashing down for me to, to get. But at the yeah. at the core of it, I wanted help. I didn't want to be doing this anymore. My life was and just it was awful. It was it was no longer fun. The doing the drugs was not fun. It was now uh, just it was just a it was a mess of a life. It was a living hell. And, and I 
so th that's how it had to happen for me. So I went to rehab four days later and uh, wow. was, was fortunate enough to find my aha moment uh, in that, in that period of time and uh, knock on wood uh, four and a half years later, we're uh, kind of moving forward Wow. With a new, a new, a new life and, uh, you know, it ended up being a, a, um, a blessing in disguise that this was a chance for me to, uh, get out of this line of work and potentially start doing something else because it was a, a mutual amicable, uh, separation uh, yeah. because I, I didn't need to be around the sights and the smells and cause a lot of it was happening at work and, uh, trigger. So, yeah, and, and I and I was a liability. I was a yeah. liability in this place. I mean, I I already risked everything. So, it, wow. Yeah. So, so that's that's how it all came crashing down, which uh, was pretty intense. So 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 you're like you don't own the company anymore. You're you're essentially you're being bought out. You're you're part of it. Um. I mean, have you found yourself though? I mean, I, I'm sure that, you know, the ego is a funny thing. Um, I'm sure that, that there's times where you're, you've beat yourself up like, Oh my God, my dad's legacy, my family's legacy. Um, and then there's probably, I would imagine times where you're like, thank God I hated that crap anyway. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sure. You got both sides of the coin and, and, and it sounds like, um, so what, what are you doing anything now? Are you, are you, um, are you starting a new business? Are you, are what, what's going on in your life right now? I know you're, you're in, um, you're, you're sober now four and a half years. You said, yeah, that's awesome. Congratulations, man. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. So I think like a, a lot of people that uh, get sober and, and have an epiphany, uh, we want to help people. Yep. And so that's what I wanted to do. And so I got some certifications in inter intervention and recovery coaching, peer support. So I'm, I'm doing uh, some uh, things with that. And yeah. but I started uh, I, I told you earlier that I wanted to be on TV or radio or. You know, yeah. So I that, that never left. Uh, that has never left me. So the thought of uh, starting a podcast came up three years ago and, and I, I blew it off. But uh, this August, August 19 of uh, 19 last you know, last year, yeah. I started a podcast uh, called Stigmatized, which is all about uh, education and awareness for mental health and addiction, behavioral health. That's awesome, dude. Wow. Yeah. Good for so, you. So, yeah, so I've been kind of immersed myself in that, uh, looking for work and so in, in between stuff. But if I found myself, I'm just an advocate for mental health and addiction and, and yeah. trying to get it into our school system and, uh, you know, have a support group that I that I run. And, um, you know, with, with some of this other coaching stuff, I'm, I'm but the podcast is really where I'm spending a lot of my time and meeting a, a lot of good people and, and hitting it from from every conceivable angle, uh, not just personal stories, but having professionals come on in or around the space uh, yeah. to, to spread awareness. Uh, just And just like the name of the show, I, I want to get the stigma out of the way so yeah. we can talk about this 
so we can talk about this stuff and and uh, get away from the embarrassment and talk about, you know, things happen to people and it's okay. Yeah. And we're not, you know, we, we just have to get, we got to get past that and, and spread the word of the, the behavioral health is a, a big issue for a lot of people and it touches every single one of us in some way or another inside of our, our close circles, whether that's addiction or mental health or, or anxiety, depression, it doesn't have to be, you know, it's not schizophrenia that we're talking about. It's, it's just being, uh, you know, having a bad day. It, it's okay. Yeah. I, you know, there's, there's, um, a couple things. First, you know, I want I want to tell you about a uh, a call I went on one time in recovery. We call it a twelve step call, um, and and I'll, I'll we'll get back to that. But I because it was the craziest call I've ne- anyway. I'll I'll tell you that in a minute. But but the you know I, I, I have a question for you. How how did your wife? Because, you know, typically alcoholics and addicts um, attract, you know, really great people that have a tendency of being codependent. Um, how, how did your wife take all of this? And are you guys, uh, are you still together? We are. Uh, she was not, you know, obviously not, not thrilled, but it was it's, it's such a low point that... I was not contributing to the family and, and my duties mm. with three young yeah. children who were already not happy with me, load this on there and the lifestyle that comes with it. Uh, the fact that she's still with me is nothing short of a miracle. That's awesome though. That, 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 and your kids obviously are, are older now and they, I'm sure yeah. are happy to have a sober dad. Yeah, and I just told our first, uh, our oldest daughter is twelve. I, I just told her a couple months ago uh, about what's going on because she knows about this podcast and she knows that I don't work where I used to work and uh, that I'm helping people. But I didn't want her to hear it from some other person at middle school that said, "Hey, I heard your dad's a drug addict." You know, I wanted her yeah. to hear it from me and and uh, explain it the right way and and, and yeah bring her a part of it so i brought home my four-year coin from a a 12-step meeting and gave it to her and uh and so now we're on the journey together and then i'll tell the other two when the time is right yeah man that's that's freaking awesome so you know i um one time a doctor buddy of mine in recovery calls me and says hey want to do a 12-step call with you which for anybody that doesn't know what that means it means you go talk to somebody that uh may or may not be in denial <laughs> and and that that is in a current active addiction or or you know situation so we go this dude had crashed his truck into a tree flown through the windshield he hit the tree his body did um after the truck did and um he literally was from head to toe in a cast laid up all you could see were his eyes and his mouth and, you know, I think his fingers. Um, and, and so we went and, and, and this, and we were talking, I'll never forget this. And I laugh about it. It's not funny, but this guy said, what are you guys talking about? And this is his third DUI. 
what is, what are you guys talking about? I don't have a problem. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> I was like, Dude, oh, that, that is wow. Yeah, Still didn't think I, he had a problem. What's that? Still didn't think he had a problem. No, no, he didn't. And that, but see, that's the thing because I have been through that for many, many years in my life. And you know, where Dude, call me anything you want on planet Earth, but do not call me an alcoholic. And and so I get the denial part of it. And and you know, it sounds like you're like some sort of an anomaly where it was like you just did 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 and then boom, one day you're like, "Okay, I need help." And there was no denial, no nothing. You just like I mean, the the latter stages where the DEA shows up, I mean, that's great motivation for sure. Like, <laughs> so what? Whatever did 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 anything come come of that? Thank God, uh, I'm still knocking on wood because you never know. But uh, I did that meeting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So wow. uh, we. Uh, I call, you know, I, I met a couple of times and then after about a year and a half, I called him and I said, Hey dude, you got half my money. What's up? I mean, what's going on here? And he said, you know, if, if they haven't called, they're probably not going to call. So I never heard. And that was good enough for me. Yeah. Well, so I think a bunch of them watched my show. So maybe you'll hear from them now. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Let's hope not. I'm uh, no, but I mean, it's, uh, it was, um, my, uh, that's part of the story that I, I can't, I, I kept it out in the beginning because I was still embarrassed about it, but now it, uh, it, it makes for a good story, man, because it was, uh, you know, I'm not a, you know, I, I was doing criminal things, but I'm the furthest thing from a, you know, a, a straight up, you know, smuggling criminal, but, uh, right. It, right. It was, it you were, was, uh, dude, you were buying cocaine. For myself and, I was and then it. what's that i said i was buying it personal but i was buying a lot of it so you know i know knows, you had it it could have been a but one thing you, you said is uh you know a lot of people do go through denial and even though i wasn't in denial i wasn't i didn't uh i, I wanted help had that not happened to me i would have done that until i died well, you mean the, the dea thing yeah, it, yeah. The, the, the VA thing and the work thing, if, if it hadn't collided like that for me, yeah. even though I wasn't in denial, it would have it killed me because I, I couldn't stop and it was copious amounts. So uh, we all have to get there somehow. And if it takes an intervention of that magnitude, then so be it. Isn't that funny, though, because I think about that, you know, with myself and, and you know, I mean, obviously, you know, we're supposed to credit God and, 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 and I do. Um, but I, you know, I often think about like, should I credit God or was it my ego trip? Because I, I was like, I was, I, I was called out by somebody that called me a worthless drunk in front of a bunch of other people in a really highfalutin bar. And that's when I was like, what the heck? I hope nobody else heard him say that, you know? And, and, and then it was like, I had that moment of just complete surrender. Like, okay, I can't live like this anymore. And I, I, you know, went to a meeting the next night, but, but like, you know, 
was that my ego <laughs> that got 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 you know injured or was it god making sure my my ego got injured you know and it's it's regardless of what it was it sounds like god used six dea agents to wake you the heck up there's no doubt about it you know wow. and and uh and so when i left that meeting you know i was such a gullible you know just gullible i said am i i mean what's the end what's the story here am i am i in some serious trouble here and they said you know it all depends on how you react and whatever but what he said as i was walking out the door was you need to get your life right because this situation is not going away we're going to contact you at some point they, they said that or you said that they said that to me it was kind of their last you know uh shot of uh fear and uh, yeah, they said, we're going to call you. Probably won't be today. Probably won't be tomorrow. Probably won't, might not even be next month, but we're calling you back. <laughs> oh my God. And so, you know, oh, I'm leaving and I am sweating. I'm crying. And you know, these, these guys are, <clears throat> they were not the friendliest people in the world, but they <laughs> saved my life. A lot of things, my sister and my friends, they saved my life. But these dudes threw the hammer down when the hammer needed to be thrown down. And if that if that was if that was God's one shot of throwing me a throwing me a, a buoy, you know, I was gonna wow. I had I had to take it. Dude, that's a, that's powerful, man. That's powerful. So, you know, so I wouldn't change it. I would not. Was uh, it was potentially you know, threatening for you know they could have come after the company. Who knows what they could have done if they wanted to? But I wouldn't change it. I would not change wow. it. Wow. Nothing like having six DEA agents as your sponsor. <laughs> My honorary sponsors for life. Right. Wow, man. Sounds like someday maybe you need to look them up and give them a big hug and thank you. <laughs> I, I've thought about it. I thought about asking. I've thought about asking the one to come on the podcast, but I'm not sure he would do that. But you never know. I think about you him often. Know. Yeah. Wow. That's so awesome, man. So, so, wow. What a powerful story. So, what's next for you? Well, I, I asked myself that quite a bit. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, honestly, uh, it's you know, I'm 42 and just turned 42 and, and still wondering what I want to be when I grow up. But uh, I want to be, I want to be involved in getting the word out for, you know, the, for behavioral health, because there's, uh, it's too, too important of an issue. It's too, uh, it's my family and the community. Uh, I just want people to talk about it and I'll go to my grave trying to get the stigma out of here. Uh, so, People can know that it's not a, you know, people, I did not choose, I chose to do some stupid things, made some terrible decisions for sure. Right. But I did not right. choose to become finally an illicit drug I, 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 and, and living in my basement up all night, uh, you know, crawling around on the ground because I think there's helicopters outside. You know, I didn't want that. Wow. So getting the word out about addiction and mental health, that it is not, we don't choose, we don't choose it. It chooses us. You know, we, we choose to dabble and, and, 
maybe you know poke the bear but uh, for some of us it comes and it and it and it wreaks havoc on our lives and but it's okay i'm not a bad person i'm a good person that you know went down a road and i want anybody and everybody that i could possibly help to avoid that road that's what um there's 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 a friend of mine on here right now who is, you know, she's talking about helping her son um, with schizophrenia and drug addiction and, and some other things that she could probably benefit talking to you, I would imagine. Susan, I'd love to talk anytime. So, yeah, definitely hit up Trevor on Facebook and, and chat with him. And I, I, I mean, dude, you're, you're, um, whether whether you believe it or not you're making a difference in the world and and you know uh, people people have a tendency uh, and in you know i mean i've been sober a very very long time honestly i i remember <clears throat> being in in one of my first meetings <clears throat> excuse me and i saw a guy get a 60 day coin I thought you must be the most boring person on planet Earth, man. How in the world does somebody go sixty days without a drink? Are you you boring sob? I remember thinking that, like, you people are crazy, man. Like, how do you have fun in life if you're not drinking? And I, you know, and and here I was at the end of my rope, jaundice, gray skin, all of that, bloated, feeling feeling the same stuff, man. But I I I can remember how. You know, in my mind, it was just messed up, man. I was like, you know, this is this. You people are nuts. And now today, I can't imagine taking a drink. Like, you know, it's just part of who I am. So, dude, I think you're making an unbelievable impact in the world. I think it's awesome if you're doing the podcast and 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 you continue doing it. You're it's it's going to make a difference, man. I've been doing this show. Um, you, you are around my 200th interview. I've had, you know, now I can say hundreds of, of celebrities and entrepreneurs and, and just amazing people on this show. And I get messages every single day from people that say, Hey, I watched an interview with Trevor or whoever, and, and it, it changed my life. So, you know, good job, man. You just got to keep going. That's right. That's it, man. No doubt. That's it. That's right. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, um, Trevor, where can everybody follow you? What's the best place on social media? Uh, Facebook. Uh, so the, the uh, podcast has a page called Stigmatized Podcast. And uh, Trevor Steinhauser uh, for my, my personal page. And same for uh, Instagram. Awesome, man. Dude, like, I, I, I don't, um, I, I'll ask you this question. I, I ask everybody this question, and that is, what do you think the number one thing is for most people that keeps them stuck? I mean, here, here's, and, and for anybody that's just joined, Trevor told us up front that he would, he grew up in a He's the fourth generation business owner of a, a pretty decent sized company, it, it sounds like, um, and grew up privileged, as, as your words, not mine. 
Um, right. And, and, you know, you've been through a lot of stuff in life, but what do you think in your opinion is the number one thing that holds people back from true success and happiness in life? Believing in themselves. I mean, that, that's personal experience, but I, I know that is for a lot of people. It's, it's hard and, and life's hard, social media, all this stuff coming at us to believe that we can be successful and that we matter and uh, same thought process from a child. I mean, it, it follows us through life, just having self-esteem and believing that we are relevant and that we can make a difference. I think it holds, I know it holds me back. And, and how, how can they, how can they get more belief in themselves? It's, just you know, it's the one day at a time thing. You're repetitive motion, Tell, you know, telling you the little engine that good, telling yourself that you can, and uh, putting in, you know, putting in the work. Whether you gotta, you know, for me it was therapy and <laughs> a lot of meetings and uh, whatever it is, but but convincing yourself that you do, because uh, once you get, once you can flip the switch and know yeah. that it made things uh life uh, can be beautiful trevor steinhauser everybody make sure you go follow this guy on social media everywhere trevor i want to thank you for coming on and sharing your story and being so transparent and um you know the way i i view every single day of my life now um and have for many years is if I can help one person, just one today, then my life is a success today, just today. No doubt. And I, I, I would say you've definitely, you've definitely helped some people today, man. So thank you for coming on and, and being so open and honest and, and transparent. No, I really can. I appreciate the opportunity and, and thank you for all the people that you're helping and, and the, the wonderful stuff that you, that you do on a daily basis as well. Thank you. I appreciate you saying that. Thank you. Thanks again. And thank you to everyone who shared this out. If you did not share this out, why? Share it out. <laughs> appreciate all of you. And, and Trevor, thank you again. I appreciate you coming on. You got it. Everybody have a great day. Thank you.